podcast you've been looking for all along. Step into the life of urban exploration with guests from around the world. Welcome to No Tracers. Welcome back to No Tracers. My name is Kay, otherwise known as No Tracers. And on this podcast, I will be talking to Alex, who is also known as Maizo Yaji. He is a rope expert and photographer that explores abandoned places and does these incredible 18 plus uh, photo shoots of models doing rope play. And it's absolutely incredible to see this photography. I came across his Instagram and had to get him on this podcast because his photography is so unique and so special. So if you guys are interested in this kind of stuff, definitely go check out his website, check out his Instagram. I'll put links down in the description to both of those so you guys can check his work out while you listen to this episode. I was going to make a YouTube video like I usually do with my podcast episodes, but this one is uh, not safe for work and also not safe for YouTube. So this week there won't be a YouTube episode, but there usually is on the Just the Letter K YouTube channel. So make sure you go subscribe over there. If you're new to this podcast, please hit that subscribe button so you get notified every time I upload a new episode, which is every single Friday. If you guys want to be on the show, please hit me up at no.tracers on Instagram or no.tracers on TikTok, and we'll get you on the show. I love this podcast, and I love the different guests that I've had on this show, and I hope to see it grow even bigger in 2021, and we can only do that with your help. So if you want to help the podcast grow, please do me a favor and leave a rating and feedback at any time. Especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, there's a ratings and feedback section at the bottom of the No Tracers podcast page. So if you guys go over there and leave a rating and feedback, I will actually send you a signed photo print as a way of saying thank you for listening and thank you for helping the podcast out in that way. I'm sure when you were looking for podcasts to listen to about urban exploration, you read some of the ratings and feedback and now you're here. So please join us and leave a rating and feedback for the podcast. It helps us a lot. Before we jump into this episode, there's a few things I got to let you guys know about. First things first, I have a new urban exploration vlog out. It's a 34-minute POV photography video. Uh, I got to explore an abandoned SWAT training facility. And if you want to check that out, you can go to the Just the Letter K YouTube channel and watch that entire thing. If you want to see photos from it, you can either go to my Instagram, no.tracers, or you can go to notracers.com and read the blog and look at the photos from that exploration. If you'd like to buy a photo print, you can go to justtheletterk.darkroom.tech. Again, links will be down in the description to all these things that I'm talking about. And lastly, I need to thank our partner on this podcast, which is Liquid Death Water. If you've never heard of Liquid Death Water and you are a human that drinks water, you should listen to this ad that I have for you in three, two, one. From the streams of the Austrian Alps comes a new kind of water. A water that is sure to raise you from your grave. If you're tired of buying cases of plastic water bottles that contain carcinogens and God knows what else, or if you're trying to lower your waste footprint, Liquid Death comes in beautifully rugged aluminum cans. Murder your thirst with a can of Liquid Death. Check the link in the description and use code just the letter K at checkout for 10% off your order. Liquid death, murder your thirst. So like I said, if you're a human and you drink water, you should start drinking better water. You should start drinking liquid death. 
Thank you, Liquid Death, for partnering with this podcast. If you guys use code just the letter K, you will get a discount on your order. There's a link in the description. It's a direct link to the website with my affiliate code, so you will automatically get that discount applied to your order. Otherwise, use code just the letter K at liquiddeath.com, and you will get a discount on your water. All right, without further ado, Alex, please introduce yourself and what it is you do to the No Tracers audience. Okay, well, hi. Uh, my name is Alex. Um, online, I go by a uh, very strange username, probably to most people, um, that most people can't pronounce, um, but it's, it's my, so Yaji would be the correct way, but I've heard everything from Master Yahtzee to Machu Picchu, <laughs> so anything is fine, but I go by Alex, that's fine. Awesome, Alex. So tell me a little bit about what it is that you do. And I came across your work on Instagram, thought it was super fascinating. And and so tell the audience what it is that you do, because for this episode, I, I might be able to put something together for YouTube, but I might not be able to because some of your work is, uh, you know, <laughs> not safe for work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I take pictures. <laughs> Um, and I've been doing this, well, I've been doing photography since, you know, like I was a teenager and I started with, you know, landscape and travel. And, you know, when you're, when you're young, landscape means like your backyard and travel is like the street behind your backyard, but, um, really got into photography and just kept growing from that. But then in around, uh, I think around 2012, it sounds about right. I, uh, learned about and started getting interested into, uh, rope bondage, or what a lot of people are calling shibari and things like that now online, um, and started to combine my love of photography with my interest in rope bondage. Um, and I, that's become a really, I think, a pretty popular thing now. Uh, but I was always, because of that sort of landscape travel background, was always interested in sort of environmental rope bondage pictures, just sort of like environmental portraiture, but, but with rope. Um, and so that's kind of what got me started into all of that. Um, and then in terms of like abandoned spots, um, my, my really two big settings for taking pictures is either some cool nature locations or some really cool abandoned locations when I can find them and, and am lucky enough to have access to them. So that's kind of my thing. As far as like exploring abandoned places goes, when did that come into play for you? Like, how did you catch the bug for for exploring abandoned places in the first place? Well, I've always so part of my interest in travel has always been in like the buildings and the locations. Um, part of my interest in the photography of travel spots is always like trying to find cool things to photograph. And so through that, I've done some photography with just, you know, abandoned places because I thought they were cool. So that was sort of already there. But I think another big uh, influence in that is you can't just sort of walk down the street in most places and do some rope bondage pictures. Um, so finding a cool setting, um, usually meant somewhere isolated in nature or somewhere where other people weren't likely to go, which kind of led me to abandoned locations. Um, so I, I love the, I love the beauty in abandoned locations, but there's also a, a degree of either privacy or the people that you're likely to encounter in those locations are probably going to be cool with what you're doing anyway. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is such a, you know, unique thing that you're doing. And so to, to do it in these, 
uh, decaying settings, I think really makes the, the photography stand out even more than just doing it like in a studio. You know, a lot of people do this kind of stuff in a photo studio. So I think it's interesting that you've taken it to a whole new level in these abandoned places. Um, so tell me about your first time exploring an abandoned building and, and doing one of these shoots. How did it go? Uh, so probably the first time in a in a building building um, was factories downtown. So where I, I lived, we used to have a few different abandoned factories that were pretty open and you could just kind of go into. Um, and I have I had friends at the time who uh, were also into this. And, you know, uh, one of my friends had had found a factory downtown that that was good and had great light and all this. And so we all went together as a group to sort of check it out. Um, and that was, that was the first time. And that was, it was great. Um, this is the light particularly in this place was just beautiful. And so we had so many places in there that we could, could go and, and make images. Um, no great stories in the early experiences in terms of like anything crazy happening. It was just uh, cool spots. Um, the first real factory that we were shooting in was a pretty, like we, I live in a, a fairly artsy uh, little city anyway. And so it was clear that, you know, people had been using this f to make videos and to do photography and things like that for a while. So it was almost kind of like an artsy spot anyway, even though technically it was off limits. Um, so it, it, you know, it felt pretty safe, um, relatively isolated. And this was definitely the kind of place where like, if someone were going to stumble upon what you were doing, they were going to be cool with what you were doing. So, um, there's, you know, always the dangers that an abandoned factory that's crumbling uh, has with it, like, you know, gaping holes in the floor and things like that. But uh, for the most part, it was a, a pretty good first experience into this kind of thing. Awesome, man. And can you talk about some of your favorite gear, like your what camera you use, if you have like a backpack you would recommend or maybe a pair of shoes, anything like that? Yeah, so um, finding the right setup and, and way to carry all the things has been a constant challenge <laughs> that continues to evolve. Um, because not only do you have all of the concerns of like sort of normal exploring plus normal photography, but then to bring the gear that you need to do rope um, and to set up uh, hard points for rope and things like that, plus getting that all in a way that you can carry fairly easily so you can quickly get in and out of places that has been a, a huge struggle. So, um, I started and, I, and for, for most of the time since 2014, I've been shooting with a Nikon, a, a D750. Um, so, you know, pretty big body, pretty big lenses. Um, and, Luckily, most of the time, um, I'm going with someone who can take another bag. Um, so a lot of times it's my wife um, who goes with me on these things. So she's got a bag that has some clothing options and then usually the rope and some of the gear that we need for that. And I've got a bag for the camera gear and things like that. Uh, but I've evolved into just get it right now. I just have a big, cheap, like 80 dollar which isn't cheap cheap but compared to a lot of prices for bags it's a cheap walmart like hiking pack it's pretty big um but nothing fancy in it it's just a big bag that i can put on my back and i use a bunch of inserts so i have like a, a insert that carries all my camera gear and then i've got another bag that holds all the rope and then i've got another little bag that holds all the like carabiners and straps and things like that 
um, and I can throw all that into the the pack and then on top you know put your your first aid and your snacks and your water and stuff like that um, most of the places that we go to is fairly accessible like it's usually only a few minute walk to get to where you're where we're going from where we can park most of the time so I don't worry too much about how heavy that all feels on my back <laughs> um, but it it's enough that I can I can move in and out pretty quickly and and not worry too much about it I have switched recently to the Sony system. Um, not really, not really for, there isn't much advantage in terms of size and weight. I found like there's a little, but not a ton, but uh, I just like the better focusing and, and image stabilization that I get out of that from based from my old gear. So, yeah, so that's what I'm working with mostly right now. Well, congratulations on switching over to Sony. Welcome to the Sony clan. We, uh, we appreciate you being here. Thanks for that. <laughs> I also shoot on Sony and yeah, it took a uh, go ahead. I was going to say uh, a lot of people like travel super light whenever they do this kind of stuff, but I, I'm glad that you explained that, you know, you usually only walk a few minutes to your location so that your gear weight doesn't really come into play. Like it doesn't really matter too much. Yeah, there are a few places that it takes a bit of a trek to get to. And then I just kind of have to suffer um, because, you know, to do what I, I want to do, I, I, I sort of have to take that extra stuff. Or like I said, I'm lucky enough to have someone else who can take some of it in a separate bag. And then that always makes it easier. Right. And how much planning goes into your shoots? Like beforehand, like, do you know what kind of, uh, setup you're going to do with your models whenever you plan these things out? Or is it just kind of like, we'll wait and see what the location looks like and what it will provide for it? Yeah. Um, uh, when we're going to a new location, it's definitely, you know, we'll see what happens, um, which is another reason I have to carry so much stuff because I, I kind of want to be prepared for whatever we're going to come across. Um, so I, I suffer a little bit with the weight um, and then don't end up using all the stuff that I brought all the time, but it's good to have it there. But there are some locations that like that, that initial factory that I shot in and, and there's an abandoned house nearby that we shoot in a lot. Like once you get to know the location, then we often do have a plan for like, let's go to this part of it and we're going to do this kind of a setup and we're going to try to go for this kind of a look. And then I can pack a little bit more deliberately that way. Love it. And uh, do you have any urban exploration injury stories? No, uh, I stepped on a nail once. Um, that's probably the worst. <laughs> um, and, and I had, you know, nice hiking boots on, uh, but you know, rubber is no match. So yeah, right through. Um, getting some sort of steel line stuff might be smart, but, but yeah, that's really my only, Oh wait, I, I lied. There's a second injury. Um, I was in a house and I don't even know how this happened, but I was in the middle of actually tying someone and realized that my hand was bleeding uh, and I did not bring, it was a, a place I'd been to a lot. So I did not bring all my gear and I didn't have any first aid. So I had to take the thing that I usually use to hold all my rope together and rip that into shreds and wrap my hand up. So that was fun. I'm glad that you don't have too many, like we, I've heard stories on this podcast of people falling through roofs and floors. And so I'm, I'm, oh, goodness, I'm glad yeah. you've suffered minor, minor injuries during uh, your explorations. Yeah. And thankfully all the injuries have been mine instead of the, the people true, that I'm shooting. True. So definitely. Uh, what about your scariest exploration? And this can be like paranormal or this can be encountering other people or police or whatever. 
Yeah, probably the most of the things that I've done have have been great experiences, and we're almost always with a few other people, usually good friends, and so there isn't a lot of like paranoia. Like the worst is someone's gonna come and tell us to leave or whatever. But probably the scariest was a run in with the police that we had. I mean, they they were cool and they were fine, but we weren't, you know, hoping for that. Obviously, so we were we were in a factory. Um, and we'd, we'd shot there a couple of times before, um, and we had a, a kind of a large crew. It was a bunch of us in a car, and then we had another couple of people that were going to meet us later um, at the factory. And when they got there, we started you know, scouting around to do the setup for a shoot that I, I wanted to get. And we hear someone else in the group um, saying, it's the cops, it's the cops. And the guy beside me said, our cops? And I was like, what do you mean, our cops? <laughs> so apparently they had passed a cop car on the way down uh, to the factory. <laughs> and it indeed was our cops. Um, the, the cops were thinking that, you know, oh, there goes somebody who's going to, you know, head down to the abandoned factory and, you know, do some drugs and cause some mischief and stuff like that. So they, uh, you know, we, we all had to, to go out. I took our licenses and they were asking us, you know, what are you doing? And we were explaining and we we're just taking pictures and things like that. And one of the people I was with, you know, cause the cop was like, what kind of pictures are you taking? So he pulled out his Instagram and started showing him. He just does kind of like nude women in abandoned spots or in nature, no rope uh, at that point. Um, so the cop was sort of looking through that and he goes, yeah, I've seen everything now. And we're all thinking like, no, sir, you have not. Because if you had come like 10 minutes later, someone would have been upside down in rope, but <laughs> we'll just, we'll just say thank you and, and leave. Yeah. So oh, we have not been back to that location. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. I, I had a encounter with the police, uh, a couple of days ago, actually, we were exploring an abandoned SWAT training facility and, uh, at the the very end, I saw those pictures. Yeah, at the very end of it, um, three firemen showed up and one police officer showed up, and they were all very nice and just asked like, "Oh, are you guys photographers?" We were like, "Yeah," and I told them I was like, "I'm working on my second photography book, so we like to explore these kind of places." And they kind of just said, "Be careful where you step," and then just let us go on our way. So, you know, not not every That's encounter good. is is uh, as harrowing or as bad as you might think it might be but they do happen frequently so yeah um yeah and i've had friends who like their worst encounter was just being told that they had to leave mm -hmm. um because usually you know they're they're not they are just there taking pictures and right. you know the cops can sort of see that and they're like well but now you have to go um but yeah so it was it was fine but it was a little scary in the moment oh, for sure <laughs> definitely and uh tell me about your favorite exploration slash photo shoot the factory where we got um, busted by the cops is probably one of my favorite spots that I've shot at. Unfortunately, there was a lot more that I wanted to get done there that I, I may not be able to ever do. Um, but it was, uh, it looks like it was an old, um, uh, like a yarn factory or something like that. Like there was, there's one section of the factory that just had tons and tons of spools of, of yarn Um and all sorts of really interesting, cool machinery everywhere. Um, and a number of different sections with very different looks, a lot of like, um, nature, uh, growth inside in various parts. So a lot of opportunities, um, and some cool scaffolding and stuff like that. So we had already done a few rope shots there. Um, I don't know if you saw the, 
the shots where the the girl is sort of hanging upside down on a post, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that was at that factory. So it was a a, a really beautiful location. Um, we also did a creepy doll shoot there, um, where someone sort of dressed up as like a, a human doll, and had you know things sewn in strange places. She looked like a, a doll or a mannequin, and did some cool work with that there as well. So yeah, that location was was really cool unfortunately we only shot there i think two or three times damn yeah that was Although, a very cool location um we did in germany my wife and i did get to go to an abandoned castle and do a few shots there so that was also super cool oh that's so rad i i'm hopefully as long as you know covid gets under control i'll be going to belgium in may and uh hopefully i get to explore some abandoned stuff there uh, super excited about that. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, and then tell me about social media. What has social media done for you as a photographer? Has it helped you connect with other people? Like, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's really well. So, um, in the in the rope world or the rope community, um, for a long time, a site called FetLife is sort of like how people would find each other who were interested in in rope and learning more about rope and sharing stuff that way. So that's kind of where I started with this stuff in social media was all through there. Um, And that was really helpful because a lot of community events gets organized through that. And so, um, you know, we would, we would find groups and eventually we were were running a rope group um, in the area and we'd meet a lot of people that way that we could work with. So that was good. Um, and I, I guess a few years ago started up on Instagram, uh, really just sort of to see, you know, what was going on with it. And then eventually, um, meeting people through there. So I've actually met a lot of people to shoot with both fellow photographers and models, um, through Instagram. Although it's a little bit tricky, obviously posting the kind of content that we make on there. Um, you know, everything that we, a lot of things that we post has to be pretty heavily censored. And then every now and then stuff will get taken down. And I've known a number of people whose entire accounts have been deleted off of there. And then you sort of lose touch with them if you, you know, if you didn't have other ways to get in touch. So that one's a little hit or miss, but lately that's the main way that I've been meeting other people to work with. That's awesome. I love that Instagram brings these communities together. I think it's a a great way to not only meet people, but, you know, connect with other artists and and other people to collaborate with. And I I think collaborating is the biggest way to to grow as far as, uh, you know, photography goes. Yeah, definitely. It's been the people that I have been able to meet and do this stuff with. I mean, that's, that's, I would say, I don't know, 90% of, of why I do it. It's just, it's fun to go hang out with cool people and do cool stuff. And if you get some great shots out of it, that's great. But, you know, either way, you've, you've had a good time. So Absolutely. And do you have any goal places that you would like to explore or shoot in? Um, there are a couple of places that I, I don't know all the details of, but there is a, a an old... Um, it's either a prison or an asylum. I'm not sure. In West Virginia, uh, where apparently you can, they allow you to do overnight ghost hunts or daytime photography things. Um, so we would like to get a group together to do that. There is apparently an abandoned carnival somewhere nearby. No, I, yeah, I think that's somewhere nearby. That another friend of mine has has said um, we'll let you pay to spend a day, you know, shooting there. And then apparently in, I think, Pennsylvania, there's a, there's an old abandoned school where you can pay to sort of be 
left in the school for the day to shoot. Um, so those would all three sound like awesome locations to begin with, but then knowing that like the people who own the place know you're there and they're okay with you doing whatever you you're doing, that would be even better. So I'm hoping, like you said, you know, once the world is social again, to be able to line some of those things up um, this coming year, because a lot of the places around here, like that, one of my favorite factories has been completely demolished. Another factory that was nearby is now heavily guarded. There's been some houses nearby that have been torn down. So it's it's getting hard to find anything local anymore. Yeah, we're I'm in uh, California by Los Angeles, and we're running into the same issue. We're running out of places to explore, so we have to go out of state now yeah. to, to find new stuff. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's always a struggle. But I, I mean, I love traveling to do this stuff. I recently went to Denver and hit like eight places in two days. And that was absolutely incredible, you know, just to get out of the state for a second and see what else there is out there. Yeah, it sounds um, it's another sort of great thing about finding people who, who do this kind of thing is that you can meet someone who lives somewhere else. And they're like, yeah, come, we'll have a we have a room and we can go explore some places like that's that's sort of the ideal out of all this. for Yeah, me. yeah, definitely. And if you could live in one place you've explored for one week, which one would it be? That castle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it would be very cold and drafty and we would have to, you know, poop in the woods, but <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. that would be cool to, to, to spend some time there. Awesome. And then my last question for you is what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started all of this? Hmm. Well, I mean, so there's almost like two aspects to it for me. Um, one is the the photography side and the other is the rope side. So we've learned a lot um, about rope in those locations. Um, and I should probably take, if you don't mind, take a minute just to make sure people know like the kind of rope that we do, particularly in, in a lot of the images that I post, is really high risk. Like not just, you know, because sometimes we're hanging off of rafters that could break, which is, you know, a risk sometimes, but even if all the other conditions were ideal, just being tied that way and hung that way and, you know, doing some of those things can cause serious, sometimes like lifelong <clears throat> types of injuries. So a lot of training is really important to do that in a more safe way. And then you're never really guaranteed that it's going to be completely safe. So um, it's not a thing where you're like, oh, that looks pretty. Let's go do that. Because um, we've just heard of so many injuries happening from people who sort of have taken that approach to rope. So um, anyway, that's <laughs> I've wandered a bit from your question, but like that is an important aspect. And then learning how to take you know, what we've learned about rope and transfer it into those kinds of, of environments and situations where you have to work quickly and usually, you know, things are really dirty and sometimes things are wet and, you know, it's hot and sweaty and, you know, all of that just adds to the complexities. So um, the biggest thing that I learned that, that would have been helpful earlier on is the importance of getting all of your framing and your lighting and everything else set before you even touch any of the rope so you don't have someone tied up waiting for you to adjust your settings and figure out oh this light isn't going to work i need to do this thing or move this thing or whatever so that was a huge one on the rope side of things um and then from the just photography side i'm not sure offhand 
other than just how how helpful it is to have other people with you um, and to and how much more fun it is to explore with others um, so like I was kind of lucky that that's how I started but I feel like uh, if you're just getting into it and you can find other people it's definitely worth the effort of, of finding them and getting to know them and and going with them because it just makes everything not only safer but a lot more fun Awesome. Well, hey, thank you for coming on No Tracers. I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Um, if people want to see your work, where can they go online? Um, it's really Maitsoyaji anywhere. <laughs> so I know it's uh, not an easy thing to spell, but uh, I'm guessing that you'll have it uh, in your in your write up or your post or whatever. But so on Instagram, it's Maitsoyaji. That uh, live Twitter. Uh, I have a website that's Maitsoyaji.com. So. Uh, any of those places would be a good way to, to get in touch. And uh, if people are interested, feel free to to reach out and, and message them. We're always happy to answer questions, particularly about rope. We do have a site called ropestudy.com uh, that we use for the training that we do locally for people who are wanting to get into rope. So that could be a, a good way as well. All right, guys, that was my episode with Alex, a.k.a. Maizo Yaji. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your unique photography style with everyone. If you guys want to see his photos, I've put all of his links down in the description for you. Like I said, I was going to make a YouTube video, but you know, most of his images uh, would get me banned from YouTube. So unfortunately there's no video to go with this one, but if you did like the episode, please go check out his work and please leave a rating and feedback. And if you do that, I will send you a signed photo print as a way of saying thank you. If you're new to the podcast, hit that subscribe button so that you know when I upload a new episode, which is by the way, every Friday. So thank you guys. I'll talk to you next week on the No Tracers podcast. Check out the gear links down in the description and I will talk to you soon. Stay strong. Keep enduring. Go out. Go explore something. And remember, leave no trace.